Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number 39. When I left you last, we were talking about discipline in the child of God's life. Discipline is good for us because it helps us to appreciate God, and it helps us to be assured that we belong to Him. Because the Scripture says, if you and I are without chastisement, if we have no discipline in our life from our loving Heavenly Father, then that is a sure sign that we do not belong to Him. But when discipline comes, what is it that ultimately God is trying to do in our lives? Well, what he's stated that he's doing is he's making us into the image of Jesus more and more. A couple of familiar passages to all of us would be Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, where it says that we know that all things, no, that's what the authorized version and the New King James says. If I could translate it to you more accurately, it would be not that we know all things work together, but we know that God works all things together. That's what the proper subject and the verb relationship is. And we know that God works all things together for good, doesn't say that all things are good, but he works all things. He brings them together for good to those of us who love God. You see, this is that relationship that God is talking about, that father-child relationship to those who are called according to his specific purpose. Now, what is his specific purpose? His specific purpose is delineated in verse 29 and verses 30. For he says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined. That is, the ones that are in a relationship with God, the scripture says that they are pro-horizo. That word pro means before. Horizo is where we get our word horizon. Just a N is put on it in the English language. Pro-horizo is the word predestined here in verse 29. And what that simply says is, God has already laid out our boundary. For those of you who have flown or maybe have taken uh, flight lessons as I have, then uh, you know that when you do not have your instruments, you have to uh, look at the horizon. That is the place where it looks like the sky touches the earth and uh, you keep your wings balanced to the horizon. It is that which is already laid out. It is uh, usually translated horizon, but it is also the word for boundary that God has marked out boundary. In other words, God knows what uh, the limits that he is going to take us to because he has a desired destiny for us. It's already predestined. Every child of God that starts with him is going to finish with him. What God starts, God's going to finish. He said that he has already laid out who we're going to be like in the end. He's going to present us faultless uh, before the throne. It says for whom he did foreknow, he also predestined. He's laid out the boundaries, that we're going to be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, those that he predestined, that he marked out, he also called, and those whom he called, he's also justified, and those whom he's justified, these he has glorified. Now, notice it is a seamless act. God goes from one to the other. In other words, those that God starts with, he's going to finish with. This is why the apostle Paul told the church at Philippi, 
that he believed what God has started. He knew what God had started. He was assured that the good work that God had started in the Philippians, he was going to accomplish it. He was going to finish it under the day of Christ. These are great words of affirmation and confirmation and assurance for the child of God. And so God is doing a work even through trials, even through hardships, even through this concept of brokenness, God is bringing us into the image of Christ. Now I want you to look at another passage of scripture as you have time and read over it and over it again. The apostle Peter, when he wrote his first letter, uh, what we call first Peter, he did an amazing thing. He took what the verses that we call uh, chapter one, verses three, all the way through verse 12, and he wrapped in one sentence, really, in just one thought, a huge line of participles and stories. And he talks about this in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. According to his abundant mercy has borne us again, has begotten us unto a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And then in verse 4 and verse 5 and verse 6, he starts talking about all of this that God has done for us that is already accomplished. Uh, he is going to give us and has given us a an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away. It's reserved in heaven for us and that we are kept by the power of God through faith to salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And he said, you in this salvation, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Now, he goes on in verses 7 and 8 and 9 to talk about, again, the purpose of these trials. He says that the genuineness, the reason for these trials is that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, is tested by fire, may be found to the praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ when Jesus comes again. Whom having not seen, that is Jesus you love, though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. And look at verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Now look what he says. He likens trials unto the refiner's fire. When I was in my first year of Bible college at the Crystal College back in the mid-70s, my primary mentor was a man by the name of H. Leo Edelman. He had been A.T. Robertson's protege in the late 20s and was a Ph.D. in Greek and headed to replace the great A.T. Robertson when he retired. But instead, God called him out of his great love for the Arabic people. God called him as our Southern Baptist missionary to Nazareth. And that's where he started a wonderful church and a school that's still there today. And also, while he was there, he learned and taught himself Hebrew and he was fluent in Arabic. He was schooled in Greek, so he was a linguist par excellence. Dr. Edelman knew many, many word pictures. And one of the ones that he painted before me one day was the story of this refiner's fire. 
He said, Tony, in ancient days when silversmiths were doing all that they did by hand, he said that they would get silver ore that would be filled with dirt and rock and mixed with all kinds of alloy, and they would build a fire, a refiner's fire, and they would put in all the silver ore. They would put it together into a pot, and they would heat the fire. As the fire got hotter and hotter, it would burn out the dross. And he said every now and then the dross being lighter would come to the top, the silver would fall to the bottom, and the great silversmith would take that ladle or paddle, whatever he had, and he would skim off all the dross and the impurities, and he would cast them aside, and then he would get the fire hotter, and it would get hotter and hotter, and more dross would be burned out. And I was into that story so much, I said, when did he know when the silver was ready? ready for the mold and because he just kept building up about this fire and how hot it would get and and all the processes and he actually brought me to the question I should have been asking when did the silversmith the artisan know it was ready to pour into the mold for what it was being made for and why he was doing all that he was doing he said that ultimately that the silversmith would take his paddle, his ladle, and one more time would skim off the last bit of the dross. And he said he knew it was ready when he looked over into the pot and he saw a reflection of himself. He said, so it is with our Heavenly Father. So it is with the Lord Jesus. That when we have gone through the refiner's fire and we we have had all of the dross that can possibly be burned out of our lives, the Heavenly Father knows when it is enough, when he skims off that last bit of dross and he's able to look into our lives and see a reflection of himself. I pray this has been a blessing to you on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.